0: Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics.
1: Hello, everyone. It's another week of Cinematics. This is Cinematics, episode 179. I am Greg Srozavasti. I am joined by Mint Betters, Bruce Perky, and Eric Holmes. First things first, let's get to the meat of the bone, Bruce, Berkey, happy birthday!
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, the meat of the meat of the bone. Okay, the bone I'll of be, the meat. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be one of the two. Sure, <laughs> one if of not. the two.
1: <laughs> Eric, did you wish Bruce a happy birthday yet or not?
2: Did you? No, I was waiting for right now. Oh, okay. Happy <laughs> bruce day to oh. you. You, uh, Eric. Bruce you can't day sing. To you You can't sing. It's in the public domain. <laughs> it's true. It is. It's got. Happy kinda... to you. <laughs> Very
1: good, Eric Holmes. How many congratulations, Bruce? It's uh, he's now turned the big four zero. If the big 40. How do you feel about it, Bruce? I,
0: I feel like it. it's a little farther than that, but I'll take it. I'll take 40.
1: <laughs> You'll take it. Eric Holmes, it, it, you know what? I, I apologize. How many times have I said public domain when, whenever we talk and music licenses over the years? How many times have I mentioned that?
2: <laughs> Enough it- that I added it into Bruce's birthday song. <laughs>
1: Bruce, any specific plans that you have? Maybe do you? Hopefully, you have a day off during the week where you, where you can celebrate with your family. What, what's your or not? Are you just too
2: busy?
0: Uh, we're not going to do anything too special. We uh we kind of had our birthday dinner last night, which for me was waffles and bacon and cupcakes, and I was fine with that.
1: Okay, waffles and bacon is that a good? Is has that always been a very good mix for you? Do you like the how the bacon goes into the waffle? The little is spice that the bacon gives a waffle? What is what is that? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, don't I don't mix them together. I just eat them at the same the same dinner, or whatever. Eric, hey, you bacon- heard, you've heard of chicken and waffles, right? You've heard of that. Yes,
1: chicken and waffles. Yes, I have, but so? I've never heard of bacon and waffles before. I, I don't mean, know. Maybe.
0: It's waffles, bacon, eggs. It's part of a breakfast. It's part oh. of a hearty breakfast.
1: Have you done? What about you, Eric Holmes? Have you ever had bacon with waffles or bacon bits? How about? Do you remember bacon bits? Put the bacon bits on the waffles. You, you ever do that?
2: I never put them on the waffles, but I've had them with, I mean, bacon is pretty much a breakfast staple. So, mm. but uh, bacon and eggs are good. Okay. Waffles are good. Bacon, eggs, and waffles, I'm sure also good. Oh, wait, no. Didn't they have like a Donald sandwich or something with like a McRib? Like no. bacon and eggs with like the, the pancake or waffle as the.
0: Oh, McGriddle, I think it was called McGriddle or something like that.
2: that, Yeah, that's pretty much what that was, isn't it? I think it was like
0: the the, uh, pancakes were the bread and they were soaked in syrup, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And also, do you guys
1: remember the McDLT? I'm trying – I remember something called the McDLT. What was that, Bruce? Do you remember? Keep the hot
0: side hot and the cold side cold.
2: They used to call me McD in high school. Which is
0: like me, in <laughs> the meat and the bone. Got to keep the hot side <laughs> hot and the cold side cold.
1: This podcast, Cinematics Podcast, we just got our big first big sponsor in the last several years. McDonald's is now our sponsor. McDLT, bring that back. I'm just happy when McRib is back. So that... Ends of our spots for McDonald's. Again, happy birthday, Bruce Perky. Speaking of things that one should celebrate, we have this thing called a Patreon Discord where we're actually working on it. No, we're not actually working on it. Eric Holmes has been working on it. Eric Holmes, what's the state of the state? What have you been doing last week as far as the Discord
2: goes? So I got the Discord up, and I've been just kind of chilling out. In fact, a lot of the uh, movies that I've been watching uh, have been through Discord just to kind of test things out. And, And I found that I can't watch... Like I can't get a buy a movie on Amazon and watch it. Cause it's just a black screen, but like uh, movies on YouTube, like in fact, one of the movies we're talking about uh, this week, Kenny and company movies like that, that are just kind of forgotten movies on YouTube play great on there. As far as I can tell. Okay. So this Friday, this Friday at uh, six o'clock uh, Pacific time, I will be in the discord. Uh, you can find a link in the Patreon and we're just going to try to do a watch along. Not quite sure how it's going to go along, this is kind of a trial run, but if it turns out, I've already got kind of uh, some other movies lined up. Discord's pretty sparse, so I'll put up like a thing for recommends for, hey, this movie's on YouTube. It's really weird. I'm sure uh, Joseph can come up with like a hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is
1: Joseph Bridges, a member of our Cinematics Facebook group yeah. community. And I mean, he gives but, so many great recommendations on a daily basis. Sorry. But,
2: but what I want to try to do with it, like the so the first one's gonna be Jen. that's uh, Toby Hooper's last movie. It's mm-hmm. up on YouTube, so we'll try it out with that. Going forward, I kind of want to just see about just finding weird movies that no one would have ever come across just ever. and and mm-hmm. you won't see them on Blu-ray because no one cares about them anymore and they're just kind of they're just kind of out there. And maybe they're great, maybe they suck, but uh, it's all about discovery. At least that's kind of where it's going to start. Who knows where it'll go from there? I got a, I got a suggestion. I got
1: a very quick suggestion for Discord for for unseen find find your movie kind of thing. Yeah, Black Adam. What do you think? Is that good?
2: I won't. It won't play. I, I'll oh, play it. Black on the, Adam I'll, I'll play it off of HBO, and it'll just be a black screen. So okay. that, stuff like that won't work. I don't but know. Uh, we'll kind of yeah. forever.
1: Is that another little unseen gem?
2: You oh, can... totally. Yeah, that, that's gonna be next
1: week, Bruce. You got <laughs> but, uh... any suggestions of of gems that we can watch on Discord? What do you think? Uh,
2: yeah, uh, Avatar. The way of.
1: <laughs> See, Eric, you're smarter than me. And Bruce, you're gonna find some real movies for us to watch, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, who knows what will happen? We'll see. We'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens Friday. Maybe I'll be the only one there, and I'm fine with that. That's
1: you cool. know, I, unfortunately, I'm gonna actually. Uh, oh, we're fast forward to the future on Saturday. Oh, you know, Eric, sorry, I couldn't make the th- the thing. I, <laughs> you didn't send me the link, Bruce. What was your excuse on Saturday? Well, it's good. What's gonna fast forward? What's gonna be Friday? Used? Friday. Yeah.
0: I might have an actual excuse, if I can convince my wife to let me do it, Uh, about an hour away from me. This is real. This is actually a real thing. An hour away from me in Florence, Alabama, they are going to have a screening of the death of Dick Long. Oh. And in attendance is going to be, guess who? Me? I'm not going. I'm not going. Uh, Dick Long? No. Virginia Newcomb. Virginia Newcomb. Virginia Newcomb Newcomb is going to be there. okay if you so, get to
2: meet her you need to tell her she has an award named after it
0: as if it's not <laughs> going to be creepy enough <laughs> some old no, dude comes up like not it, only do am it, i your it, biggest yeah, fan you're, you're only 49 40 year
2: old you're an old 69 year old man it, you know, <laughs> cre- Creepy's part of your milieu you can get away with it I think.
0: milieu i'll use that, that yes yeah, i good might point. possibly be going to that and if i if i miss my wife let me go to that that will be my excuse
1: Okay. That's a very good excuse. You have to report back. If you do go, I will be popping on by as well. I don't know if that's a deterrent or an addition to <laughs> Discord, the, our Cinematics community, but check it out. For our Patreon members, you should already have a link on our Patreon feed. That's going to be one of the many options that we will be bringing on the Patreon universe over at Cinematics. Now, also one I've been working on this last couple of weeks, I'm putting up stories here and there on our findyourfilms.com website. It's up and running. It's working. I'm looking at a trailer right now. Diana Agron and Thomas Hayden Church. I put up a trailer yesterday called Acid Man. I'm going to be interviewing. By the way, guys, you didn't know this. I'm interviewing the director of Acid Man next week. Hopefully that's a movie that all three of us will be reviewing here on cinematics. And as I, I think I might be losing my, my voice or my, my, my buttery voice, Eric. I asked you and Bruce something, a question about cinematics and find your film and how we should demarcate. What was yours and Bruce's very insightful answer that I should have heeded a long time ago? Can you tell our listeners?
2: I don't take acid. I'm lost. Bruce, can you
1: do it? Can you do it right down the middle? What what are we going to do?
0: Are you trying to say that we have the main podcast on the one channel, which is the oh, cinematics channel and, and on the find your film channel, we'll have like interviews and things like that. So yes. that way people can go look one place for one thing and one place for the other thing.
1: Yeah. So you uh, look, we're going to, there's going to be one Avenue that's cinematics for our movie reviews, which we're having right now. We're at, as far as all this exposition is done, we're going to get right into the bone of the meats of the meats of the bone of the movie review. And then like Eric Holmes and Bruce has said, before we started recording, we're going to put all of our interviews on find your film. I was going to say all of our interviews but where me and Bruce are actually going to tell Eric Holmes right now he's actually taking find your film taking over the find your film podcast because as of today I I'm leaving I don't want to do any more interviews Eric Holmes is going to do the rest of the interviews moving forward Bruce second that motion any motion that said, Eric Holmes, you have a big interview this week. What is that interview going to be in a couple of days?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be interviewing the one of the stars and the director of Children of the Corn, which Eric will Wimmer? be yeah, we'll be uh, reviewing that uh, later on today. We'll see what comes of the interview, but I'm looking pretty forward to the inter- or we'll see what comes of the review, but I'm looking pretty forward to the interview.
1: Eric Holmes has been doing these interviews. He and Bruce have been doing interviews for the last two three years. And look, I've been doing interviews since 1991. And what's interesting about the Children of the Corn interview that he's going to be doing, I believe, with director Kurt, Kurt director writer Kurt Wimmer, and I believe her name is—I'm going to got to look up her name. I think it's Kate Young or Kate Moore. I I got to look Pete her up. Moyer. Kate Moyer. She's yeah. very, very good. And Children of the Corn, we're going to get to that in a second, our review of it. Yeah, Eric Holmes is getting 30 minutes for the for an interview. I usually only get 10 at the most, 15. I want to get out of the room as possible. Eric and Bruce, they like to do things called like hanging out and having a real conversation like they did with, with Matty Doe. Bruce, what is this about real conversations as opposed to having interviews? Do you really like having real conversations with, with talent?
0: I mean, you have to con- cultivate a uh, reputation of being able to you know, stick around for extended periods of time be- before you get to the end of whatever activity you're doing.
2: Oh,
1: very good. I guess I don't have a stick to it, of it. Hopefully Eric does. Eric does. He, he likes building community. He likes having, are you okay with a 30 minute hang? If if me and Bruce aren't, aren't there, can you handle Kurt and Kate by yourself for 30 minutes for uh, Children of the Corn? You got it?
2: Yeah, yeah I think so. And I mean, you know, there's always a, there's always a thing where, uh, oh no, we only got it for 10, you know, that, that, that's kind of how these things work sometimes, like they'll change. But yeah, if it's 30 minutes, that's going to be great because, uh, just kind of sit back. Puck movies and yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good time. This is a new segment I'm
1: going to be cultivating here on cinematics. And we're going to lead off with that regarding our featured reviews. Let's go to the movie or movies that Greg Srisvasti has not seen this week. And let's start off with <laughs> Bruce Berkey talking about this film called, I, I was, I, I thought I was actually giving, giving them a link to a movie called Bareback. I thought it was going to be one of those nineties erotic thrillers directed <laughs> oh, by no. Ken, Ken Russell. Much Cocaine to my surprise. <laughs> But it's called Blueback. It seems like a very humanitarian film. So I made sure that I did not see that. I, only Bruce and Eric did. That's my fault as a horrible human being. Bruce, what can you tell our listeners about
0: Blueback? Blue Back. Okay. Hopefully my notes are right. Last time I had wrong notes, so you correct me, Eric, if I'm wrong. Because I know Eric saw it too. Blue Back, directed by Robert Connolly. The big star list. Well, a lot of people you might recognize in here, but probably most recognizable for most people are going to be Eric Bana, uh, rada Mitchell. Which I think didn't we just see rada Mitchell? Rada? Yes, I believe it was called Life. Either Life Upside Down, I believe. Oh, yes, that yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Mia yeah. Waskowska? Also, yeah, Mia Waskowska. Well, I can never say her name. And then uh, she plays Abby. She's kind of the adult version. uh, But most of the movie is teenage Abby played by uh, Ilsa Fogg. And uh, she's probably the other main actor in this movie because – Mia does, has a pretty limited role in this. Uh, basic concept. Mia's mom, Dora, which is Rada Mitchell, has had a stroke recently. And she is kind of... She's not in... in You know, she's not unconscious, but she's not speaking. She's very, very lightly responsive. Mia kind of runs back there to, to see her mom, where her mom lives, and... See if she can help her mom kind of uh, hopefully rehabilitate and come out of that. Mia is, it looks like she's kind of like a, not an oceanographer, but she's kind of into uh, preservation of undersea biospheres and stuff. And she's out in the field when she returns to her mom. And then the bulk of the movie is kind of this flashbacks to Mia's character, Abby. Abby as a really young girl with her mom. Uh, in this little bay next to where they live, kind of trying to preserve it and maintain it in its natural state when developers are trying to take it over. And then the biggest chunk of the movie is flashbacks to abby's teenage years and kind of that continuing relationship with the natural world and with her mom and with these people trying to take over there's a young man that's there throughout and also when she returns he's there as well and eric bana is kind of this uh you call him kind of like a a loner uh fisher dude that kind of hangs out in the bay that's kind of become their their friend as well and in all the mean in the and the blueback that you you see in the title that is this grouper that she meets when she's down there as a very young girl and keeps going back to, and it's this uh, because groupers live what, 70, 80 years. It's kind of her, I guess, not really her mentor, but it's kind of her, it's kind of her emotional connection that keeps being there over and over again for her underwater. That's kind of the basic concept.
1: Sounds like a an interesting enough family film, Eric Holmes. Is it interesting enough for people who well, what's this first of all, what is this movie aimed for? I guess the family. That said, is it worth a watch?
2: This is kind of a Free Willy type movie. I haven't seen Free Willy since like way back in the day, but it's got that kind of schmaltzy kind of feel to it. Anytime I watch a a movie dealing with underwater life, I always think of Anderson with uh, Avatar 2. There was a lot of that with that whale creature and this one, they're following the grouper and of course, groupers, obviously. So I think Anderson in that regard. And I'm like, oh, he should probably watch this. But the movie's so schmaltzy, I'm like, oh, he would hate this. <laughs> but uh, it kind of hit me at the right time because, you know, I, w- I was just kind of in for it. This is not. So the- there's one part that's kind of, that kind of threw me off a little bit with, what was her name? Uh, Ilsa Fogg. Mm. She kind of goes up to the, uh, hey, you need to be doing this. And they're like, yeah, you're a kid. We're not listening to you. <laughs> And like, that'll come up again when we talk about Children of the Corn, you know, something similar happened, you know, stuff like that kind of throws me off. But I do like the relationship between her and her mom and her and the grouper fish, uh, the blueback, which is what she named them. You know, it's sweet schmaltzy. And if you can get into that or if you're looking for that kind of movie, this is Pretty decent version of that. If uh, Schmaltz is your your bane, then I would stay far away from this.
1: Okay, that's well, Bruce. What is Schmaltz your bane regarding Um, blueback?
2: Yeah, I I would say this
0: is mildly Schmaltzy. In fact, I think I literally wrote down tipping towards Schmaltz. So, so that was kind of my impression as I was watching it. But I think it, it rides the line. It doesn't. It doesn't go too hard into it. I would say this is kind of. It kind of struck me. This kind of struck me as like young adult novel film in a way like this is really probably great for someone who it wants that thing that's kind of aimed towards them it's wholesome it's also it's not you know super like religious based right you know it's much more environmental and like uh the world and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of more your your interest and you're a young person and you want something that's kind of interesting and it's about the sea it's kind of cool. And I kind of like the fact that the grouper was played by a, a bunch of puppeteers made that thing. So it wasn't Oh, CGI. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, very cool. It wasn't CGI. I think it took four puppeteers to do that. I like the fact that all of the diving uh, was pretty much done by the actual actors in this movie. So that was kind of cool. Hey, if you can give all the credit to all the actors getting strapped into airplanes and flown around in Top Gun, you can give them credit here for actually swimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, this is, you know, it was mildly fun. I didn't hate it. I, I had a good time watching it. I, it didn't, I guess it didn't thrill me or emotionally hit me the way I think it wants to hit me. But I think for some people, it might, you know, if they're, if they're attuned to it. Okay, so let's go with ratings for Blueback, by the way, which opens in theater stateside.
1: March third, Bruce. Let's start with you. What's your rating?
0: I think I'll go three stars. I think it's a mild recommend. I think you could do a lot worse than this, and I did not have a terrible time watching it.
2: Okay, fair enough. And what about you, Eric? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree with that. And also, uh, there's a scene I I won't give it up, but uh, Bruce, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's one scene that they don't show what happens, and when you get there, it, they they explain what's going to happen. It's like, oh, that's that's really dark for something like this. <laughs> uh, where they have to, uh, retrieve something. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I
0: would agree with you hundred percent. And we won't say what it is, but that was, there's kind of a pragmatism there, right? People that live in the sea do have to kind of live with actual realities. And I was kind of glad that it went there a little bit. That was good.
2: Yeah. But I I think the thing kind of taken back, it's like the, the bad guys are played by bad guys that do bad guy things for no reason. It's got all the cheese and schmaltz, but for what this movie is, I think this is a pretty decent version of this type of movie. So I think three stars is more than fair. Okay, three stars for Blueback,
1: and that sounds sounds like a, an entertaining enough family film for me to probably watch down the road. So I don't know, maybe it might hit me a little bit different. I, I'm I'm feeling maybe a three and a half for me if I did see this. So, I don't know. We'll see if I go get around to seeing Blueback. But every single week there are movies that I haven't seen that continue to accrue. There might be twenty films that I haven't seen within the last couple of months that Bruce and Eric have taken a gander to. Now let's go with our second featured. That is the aforementioned Children of the Corn, directed and penned by Kurt Wimmer. He's a filmmaker behind such movies as Ultraviolet and, I'm trying to think, yes, and Equilibrium. This movie, it's based on a, I believe, Stephen King short, I believe, uh, Children of the Corn. And it was previously, I believe, a 1984 film starring Linda Hamilton. This time it stars Elena Camporas, Kate Moyer, Callan Mulvey, and Bruce Spence. Pretty much the two names you're basically going to have to really remember is Elena Camporas we we uh i interviewed her last year we we, we actually reviewed the movie wife-like she's a lead in the movie along with co-lead actually with with kate moyer so it centers on a 12 year old girl played by kate moyer she's living in nebraska and very small town i believe it's called ralston for some reason she gets inhabited by some kind of spirit in a cornfield i don't want to really give too much away what that is maybe a possible supernatural force anyways this 12-year-old girl, she rallies the troops, mainly the kids in this farm town to actually rebel against the adults because the adults have actually not treated the crops very well, not treated the corn very well. And this cornfield pretty much in this area is dying. The kids are realizing their parents their their family have not let, left, they haven't left them a really good future regarding with this dying cornfield. So they take revenge against the adults in, I believe the name is, the town is called Ralston. So that is, that young girl is played by Kate Moyer. Elena Camporas is an 18-year-old girl who is the sole young adult who decides to, hey, this is not really cool what's going on, but she's just one against a whole bunch of youths. And there's a lot of violence going on and she's the odds are stacked against her at actually saving the adults in the town as well as saving herself. That is the premise of Children of the Corn. There's a lot of violence. There's some action. There's some really interesting elements to this movie. Let me just say this right now. On Rotten Tomatoes, it is receiving a beating. Right now, I think it's like maybe 8 or 9%. I feel that is way, way low for this movie. Let's get to Eric Holmes on your review of Children of the Corn.
2: Yeah. The, so this one, well, first I'll start off with the similar thing I mentioned with the blueback. This has a scene where the kids infiltrate a, uh, what do you call that, a town meeting or whatever with yeah, everyone. Town, right. And then the kids are like, do we get our say?" I was like, no, you don't. You're 12. <laughs> As far as like the original, I, I have not read the Stephen King, uh, the Stephen King story. I saw the original movie a long time ago and never really stuck with me. It, it's weird because I know that Children of the Corn like always seems to come up in like horror movie discussion, but it's one of those like okay, it's sticking around. I don't know why. I saw it once and it was fine. This one's a little funner, I think, than the original and also kind of similar to, oh, what was it? The first kill, something, something, first kill, orphan, first, first first kill. So with orphan, first kill, I wasn't quite into it. And one of the things I didn't like about it was I, anytime you have kids that are standing up to adults and being a threat to them, I'm just not buying this one. I kind of can, because this one's a little more silly. And so I'm able to kind of buy into it a little more. And a lot of that comes from Kate Moyer. The, she's pretty much the star of this. Uh, uh, well, I guess Elena Camporas is. And she's great in this also. But in she's practice. a
1: scene stealer. Kate Moyer, she's teen, she's the scene stealer in the movie.
2: Kate Moyer, oh my gosh, she's freaking fantastic in this. <laughs> I was like, uh, I need it. If they're going to do a children of the corn too, uh, they need to get on that because she's only going to get older and she's going to age out of the role. But she was really fantastic in this. This is kind of like one of those movies. It's like kind of silly, but I had a lot of fun with it. You know, that there's a bunch of scenes where it's like, oh, that's uh, that's. That doesn't make sense, but kind of kick back, have a couple beers, and uh, you can kind of enjoy it. I don't remember this in the original. Bruce, do you remember the original at all? Uh, a little bit. What's the what's what are you wondering about? Do you remember a creature in the cornfield in the original?
0: Well, there was there was always that thing about the he who walks behind the okay, you call it he who walks behind the the maze or whatever. I haven't seen it for a long time, but there's something like that. I think there was always a. The hint of a creature or the devil or something back behind
2: them in the corn okay well i'll just butt my lips about that uh but you get to see some things and that's pretty sweet too there's things about this that don't work but this is kind of one of those movies where you know almost immediately what kind of what kind of movie it is and this is uh in segue into something else we'll talk about later cocaine bear there's 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 certain movies that have kind of a feeling to them where you kind of let things go and this is one of them i would say anyone that like orphan first kill i don't know why they wouldn't like this one if they liked orphan first kill the weird thing is i didn't like orphan first kill i kind of like this one it was a fun horror movie and uh i definitely watch again i cannot stress enough kate moyer in everything she, it, her and Pim Zam get them in the movie together to do everything.
1: Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to for your interview with Kate and Kurt on Friday, Eric Holmes. Lena Camporas is pretty much the straight person in this movie. She's We actually see the town disintegrate and the people, a lot of people get killed. A lot of people, there's a lot of corn in the movie and we get to see a lot of stuff from her POV. She's also very good in this movie. And overall, I it, it, this movie has been getting really bad reviews. I can't believe it's rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I I just had a really good time watching it. I thought it is violent. And if you, have, if you have problems seeing kids do really bad things to adults in a very grisly fashion, might turn you off, but you shouldn't be watching this movie in the first place. I just had a fun time with this movie. So for me, Children of the Corn, solid performances by the two leads. It's pretty much, even though there's a lot of people in this, there's the Children of the Corn, there's a lot of children, and there's a lot of adults. Pretty much, this is the movie- this is the movie of Kate Moyer and Elena Camporas going at each other. And it's weird. Their relationship in the movie is also interesting because they're sort of I wouldn't say friends, but they're adversaries, but they're, there's kind of a there's some there's a really interesting dynamic between both of them, but at its base level, it's a fun, entertaining genre film. Children of the corn for me gets three and a half stars. What about you, Eric Holmes?
2: I had a birthday a couple of months ago. I'm getting old. <laughs>
1: So
2: what's your, what's your rating on this on children? Of the of you, you know, if I got to go three on blue back, I gotta go three on this, so they're kind of in the same kind of the same uh, ballpark. I think there's going to be people that are just not going to take to this at all. And there's other people that like, kind of, you know, loosen their color a bit. It's like, yeah, yeah. Children of the corner. What the hell? I'll watch it and have some fun with it. Okay. I, I wouldn't take it too seriously, but it it's, it, it delivered in the entertainment value for sure. Okay, so that is Children of the Corn available in theaters March 3rd, and it
1: will be available on demand and on digital on March 21st. Would love to hear what you guys think of Children of the Corn. If you see it, Eric Holmes gives a three, I give it three and a half. Tell me, it'd be cool if Bruce eventually watches this one day, who knows what, he'll give Children of the Corn. So, all right, that's that. I also, last week, forgot to mention this, this will take up all one minute. But I did see Creed 3. I don't know, Eric or Bruce, are you a fan of any of these Creed or Rocky movies? I'm a fan of all the Rocky movies. Well, good news.
2: And, and, and Creed movies, if, if we're going to separate them. But yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Creed movies are really good. Rocky movies are really good. The good thing about this is it's, I believe, what's Jonathan Majors is the main adversary in Creed 3. We We've seen all these Rocky movies. We know the formula. I don't even have to explain it. Basically, it's Michael B. Jordan versus Jonathan B. Majors. They go back a while, the, the characters. And it's an interesting enough story. I watched it. I loved every single second of it. There is no slippage regarding Creed Three. I would give Creed Three, which hits theaters on March 3rd, I would give it four and a half out of five. I really loved everything about it. Also, Michael B. Jordan is the director of this movie. So it's a very interesting movie. Loved it. And yeah, definite high recommendation. Actually, it's my my top recommendation for this week. That would be Creed 3. Now let's go to a movie that both Eric and I have seen. It's called Transfusion. Eric, are you a big Sam Worthington fan? No.
2: Oh. Which is, which is why I was very surprised on this one.
1: Okay, well, excellent. Well, Transfusion, it centers on pretty much an army veteran who works for the SAS over in Australia. And he is finding it very very tough to become to be a single parent he is a single parent because they he lost his wife in a crash that is a starts not it's not a big spoiler it's the beginning of the film so how does sam worthington as this army vet is he how does he raise his son try to actually make some money to actually you know have a life with his kid problem is He's still in there they're still in trauma over the mom's death. Sam Worthington's character, he's an ex special forces operative, aka army guy. He decides to call up An old colleague, a very close friend. This friend is played by Matt Nabel, who, by the way, also wrote and directed the film. I interviewed him earlier this week for Transfusion. A lot of the movie deals with the dynamics between Sam Worthington and his son in this movie, as well as Sam Worthington and co-star Matt Nabel. So it's a father and son story. It's also a story about two soldiers and how they, they both, everyone in this movie loves each other. But the problem is sometimes within that love, there is a lot of pain and trauma involved. And Transfusion there is violence involved as well. I actually asked Matt Nabel about transfusion, going to your point. Eric Holmes, when you look at the trailer, you might think it's an action thriller. And Nable specifically said that this is not a thriller, action thriller. This is a character drama. There is violence in this movie. I will say this, buyer beware if you're looking for Sam Worthington. Shoot 'em up action thriller kind of thing. There are elements of it, but at the at, again, at its heart, it is a drama, which, by the way, I really enjoyed. Phoebe Tonkin plays the late wife of Sam Worthington's character, Eric Holmes. Your thoughts on transfusion?
2: So, after watching this movie, I did listen to your interview, and I would suggest anyone just listen to the interview, and that'll give you the exact w- what this movie is. Oh, thank uh, you, Eric. Are you saying uh, I'm a good with-
1: viewer? Am I I'm pretty? Am I pretty okay?
2: yeah yeah you're pretty great and matt okay. Nable, like his uh the his take on it his honesty about his own movie was pretty fantastic to listen to and mm-hmm. it 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 really uh, nails what this movie is a little story time. Uh, the first time I saw Fight Club, you know, I just watched the the previews and thought it was just uh, Fast and Furious. It wasn't around at the time, but I thought it was like a Fast and Furious, that kind of movie. Like, oh, it's just a stupid action movie where they're punching people. Me and my friend at the time we went to the Dollar Movies because they'd been out and I hadn't seen it. And it's like, I just want to watch something stupid. Let's go watch Fight Club. And we watched Fight Club and we left the theater like, holy crap. What was that <laughs> like we're just like our expectations were so low on what it was and then we just it it just gave us so much more than what we were expecting and that's kind of what transfusion does i was expecting oh this will be a fun you know kind of action movie and it turned out to be a lot closer to something like killing of two lovers like that. that yes. that's that's kind of the tone this is and i was not expecting that at all back to sam worthington i'm not a fan of him i don't hate him but he's just kind of you know whatever he's he, decent in the avatar movies and i think he was in one of the terminators and he's, right. just, he's just kind of there he's really good in this yeah. you know him and uh oh who's the kid that plays his son i'll look at it, look it up right now there's two kids uh, who play what, what is it what is it with both child good. actors today they're, actors today are just killing it all of these
1: actors in this in this episode should get the pem zam award buddy so yeah no doubt
2: <laughs> and then uh and then matt nabel he plays the, he plays sam Worthington's his buddy and he's like my favorite character the only thing this movie is missing is travis stanbury from groupers if you're a filmmaker <laughs> listen to me get a hold of travis stanbury But like if Matt Nabel makes another movie, he needs to get Travis Stanberry in there because he would fit so well in something like this. It it was just missed opportunity that didn't distract, you know, that didn't detract from how good the movie is. I I was floored and very surprised at how good this was. And it could be the fight club thing where I was expecting one thing and got something else, but for me, that was a really good bait and switch, if you want to call it that. Okay, so to your question, Eric
1: Holmes, Edward Carmody plays Billy Billy Logan at age 16, and Gilbert Bradman plays Billy Logan at age eight. By the way, I don't, I'm don't. i sure you co-signed in this, Eric. They're both very good in their roles. Yes. They're both very, very good in this role. Again, Sam Worthington is Ryan Logan, and Matt Nabel is Johnny. He's very good in this movie as well. I was surprised. I am actually a little bit remiss that I'm regretful that I I told Bruce Perky. I go, Bruce, you watch so many movies every week. Skip transfusion, because I thought it was going to be something. This is one of these things where I I do reg- I should have actually encouraged Bruce to, even though Bruce watches like 500 movies a week, to actually give transfusion a shot, because it surprised me as well. So transfusion for me, it, great performances, solid story. Remember drama about fathers and fathers and sons, trauma, generation generational trauma really interesting film i give it four out of five this is a solid four out of five for me Transfusion. what about you eric
2: i might go a linoleum on this one where i'm gonna give it a really? four and a half but i'm gonna regret it and probably want to do a five but the weird thing is this is also a movie i never want to see again because it gets so dark and so depressing that it's oh. like like uh like snow angels for example snow angels is a great movie i never want to watch that again <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Wish but, but, but that's not because snow angels is a terrible movie it's a fantastic movie but yeah. it, it, this kind of this kind of delves like leans more into that territory but yeah i would say if you like killing the two lovers give this a shot this has more air quote action scenes than killing the two lovers does but it's in that same tone i think but look eric I'm,
1: i will i'm gonna half agree with you regarding sam
2: worthington i
1: liked him a little bit more than you that said after watching Transfusion, I will go watch more Sam Worthington movies because he was very he was very good in this movie and I, I, he surprised I, me, dude.
2: He surprised me. I think me. that I think that Matt Nable just has his number. Like you know, like there's some directors that like they'll work with uh, they'll work with certain actors and they just get that something extra out of them. I think Matt Nable and Sam Worthington kind of have that. If Sam Worthington's in a movie, like you know, I'll, I'll watch it regardless of whether he's in it. If Sam Worthington's in a movie. Written and directed by Matt Nabel. I'm like, well, this is going to be something special. And I think this is definitely one of them. And this is, I think that uh, Matt Nabel apparently has written a bunch of like Books, three or four yeah. movies. Yeah. This is the first one he directed. I want to see him do, I want to see him make more movies.
1: I'm so glad that you like Transfusion because I was wondering, well, it's not going to be alone on this island regarding how much I really enjoyed it. You enjoyed it actually even a little bit more than I did with four and a half starts for Eric Holmes and four starts for me. Again, Transfusion in theaters and VOD and digital on March 3rd, March 3rd. So again, Eric and I will be beating the drums and saying, hey, go, go give this movie a shot in theaters on VOD and digital. We would love to hear your reaction if Transfusion worked for you. Speaking of something digital on demand, well. How about streaming? There's a movie called I Want You Back for Our Recommendations. Bruce Perky, what are you doing with recommends regarding the rom-com genre? Eric, can you mute your mic? I'm going to mute my brain and my mic as well. (laughs) Can you go off for about eight minutes?
0: (laughs) I don't know if I can go eight minutes, but this is fully credited to the film vault because they were on there and they talked about this and they really loved it. Really. We haven't heard of that. What is
2: this? The film called? I don't know. Uh,
1: can I bleep that, or yeah, am I not allowed yeah. to bleep that? Yeah, I can't bleep that. I, can, can <laughs> I, I, I bleep can't bleep, the bleep
2: anything. there is like, no bleeping. This is a family here. show. <laughs> okay. I'll do this in the
0: clear. You could just overdub it with this cinematics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they liked it so much, and I, I can go for a really fun and interesting rom com if it, if it hits hits me the right way. So I thought, well, you know, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Like, why, why not give it a try? And I, and I really was happy also to see. I mean, the main stars, Charlie Day, Jenny Slate, and that eno- enough was like, okay, that's they're great. I love them so much. And let's see how what this movie is. I don't even know. I just know they said it was a rom- rom-com. It was good. It was fun. And it was more calm than rom, which was like, okay, you got my interest. I'd rather see a comedy more than a super hard romance, but yeah, I can go either way. So I went and watched it and it is pretty great. So first of all, it doesn't doesn't veer far, too far out of the lanes. So you're not going to be super surprised by the outcomes of this movie, but... It's the path getting there that's fun. And the basic concept is this. Each character, the one played by Charlie Day and the one played by Jenny Slate, each of them at the beginning of the movie gets broken up with by their significant other. So they're both broken up right out the gate. And it's basically uh, Jenny Slate goes to like cry in the stairwell of her work building. And on the floor below, Charlie Day works. And he's sad sacking it himself on the next floor below in the stairwell. So, of course, they kind of get to talking a little bit. You're thinking, okay, they're going to talk and they're going to become romantic. Not exactly. They talk, get to know each other a little bit. They really end up liking each other as people. And they both are rooting for each other in the sense that, hey, you shouldn't have been broken up with. You should be back with your ex. Let's each team up. And I will, you know, Charlie Day says, I will go in, infiltrate the life of your ex and try to break them up, and you'll do the same with my ex. So the basically, ex is, it's... the it's, ex is played by Scott Eastwood, by the way. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a bunch of great other actors here. I just kind of left it to Jenny Slate and you know Charlie Day, just because obviously they're the kind of the main focus. But yeah, so it's kind of like Strangers on a Train, but instead of killing the other person, they're trying to break up the other person's relationship, and and therein lies a lot of the comedy and the fun. And and of course, while they're doing it, they're always spending a lot of time together and they're connecting that, but not thinking they're supposed to be connected, like all those things you can kind of predict, but it's just so likable, so fun, funny throughout. There's a great extended sequence where Jenny Slate randomly <laughs> has to appear in a middle school version of Little Shop of Horrors, not having a kid there. She has to come up with an excuse to do that because the, um, <laughs> the director of it is the one dating Charlie Day's ex. So that. That kind of is how that evolves. It's it's a lot of fun. This is just great fun, easy watch. Like, goes down smooth, as they say, and it hits all the beats you want and it has a lot, a lot of good comedy.
1: I saw this as well about a year ago. I I was watching a little bit, uh, re-watching some of the stuff. Enjoyed it. You know what I really enjoyed? And this is, for listeners, if you haven't seen I Want You Back on Prime Video right now, The en- okay, this is more calm, like Bruce said, more calm than Rom. All that said, the ending of I Want You Back is is very well done yeah, and subtle and really just really good just uh, just it really upticks it for me so yeah anyways. like the
0: very final the final moments yeah final moments That's, and fantastic. they could have really milked that out a lot more than they did they did it yeah you're right they left it at a very really just like perfect spot
1: perfect spot it really nails everything what the movie's trying to say in a very subtle fashion bruce perky you're to recommend so that means what kind of rating are you giving i want you back first recommended over at the Film Vault, Anderson and Brian.
0: To me, this is a solid four star. Yeah. And perfect, perfect. You have a significant other, you like to watch things and you can never pick the things that they want to watch with you because there's nothing that they want to watch. They don't want to watch. Well, I don't know why they don't want to watch, you know, like, uh, come and see with me. I don't get this. You know, this is the kind of movie <laughs> you could actually watch together, so... I will
1: also say Scott Eastwood mate basically known for action and drama is he's good in a comedic role yeah. as well here he's like very likable in this movie Yeah, so all I,
0: the supporting roles are likable and that's that's a key yeah. what you're saying the all the exes are likable no one is a villain in this and that is key too because then you kind of you feel that weird tug that like what they're doing is kind of bad <laughs> you know so it's kind of an interesting uh, tug in the movie all the way through
1: Again, that is four stars for Bruce Perky for I Want You Back, currently streaming as we speak here on Prime Video. I don't take cocaine, but I guess a bear does. There's a movie called Cocaine Bear that Bruce and Eric saw over the weekend. If you're looking at our YouTube, actually, Eric Holmes has William Lindis in (laughs) a powdered. Is that a powdered mustache there for William Lindis of the movie Bears podcast? Where did you come up with that idea, Eric Holmes? Did Uh, you make that?
2: yeah, I did that on Photoshop. Uh, there's, uh, maybe William Melendez has a drug problem. Maybe he does not. I don't know, but I know <laughs> he's uh, part of the Movie Bears podcast. And I was like, I was thinking of William. And I was thinking of the movie. I was like, ah, oh, this is just perfect. Yeah. Well, so th- th- this is my tribute to both Cocaine Bear and the Movie Bears podcast.
1: Wonderful, the Movie Bears podcast, which I believe they're taping as we're recording right now. Bruce, after this, I think episode, if he has time, he might go go and check out the Movie Bears podcast. But let's start with you, Eric Combs, Your thoughts on cocaine bear? We know what the plot line is about. There's a bear, there's uh, cocaine missing in the wilderness. Bear takes cocaine, and then obviously a lot of stuff ensues. Your thoughts?
2: So there's uh, uh what's uh TikTok guy's name? Scott Seiss, S E I S S okay Uh, a lot of people know him uh maybe on like a facebook or tiktok you see him and he's like oh yeah back in my day i bought a house when i was 12 yeah that's back when houses were six dollars and then you know they start playing the i'm not selling it well but he's funny but (laughs) point point being he has one of those things where he talks about a cocaine bear. it's like do i need know anything what do i need to know about cocaine bear before going in nothing have you heard of cocaine? Have you heard of a bear? You know what to expect. This is kind of this is kind of right up the middle three star sort of banger material and a little bit of a story. I was shooting at the Triple Nickel here in Colorado Springs. Some kids were shooting a student short and needed some zombies. So a JJ hit me up and said, "Hey, we need zombies. You want to come down?" I'm like, "Sure, let's do it." And so they painted me up, you know, with the cuts and the blood and everything, and we shot what we shot, and uh, more on that uh, when that's released, but uh, I was covered in blood, and JJ was covered in blood, and his son was covered in blood, and a couple of us were covered in blood, and we're like, so we're going to go see Cocaine Bear? And we're like, yeah.
1: Oh, jeez. Should,
2: should I wash this off? Nah. <laughs> It's so go to the movie theater, and then it's like just a bunch of us like covered in blood. So we went from zombies to. Oh, we're bear victims, I guess now. This is a perfect movie to go to a theater with a bunch of friends that are in the right frame of mind to watch a stupid movie like this. Make no mistake, this movie is completely stupid, but it's like, kind of like Children of the Corn. It's stupid, but it's like the fun kind of stupid. This is the best movie to kind of watch in the crowd. I mentioned Snakes on a Plane. I think other people probably have too. Uh, Snakes on a Plane is kind of the area this lives in. You know, if you're sitting at home and you're renting it on Amazon and you're watching it by yourself, probably not going to have the same effect as if you watch it opening day in a packed movie theater with a bunch of people covered in zombie blood. <laughs> Just waiting to watch what? something called Cocaine Bear.
1: It's still fun though, as a solo experience. It's still, wa- it's still more than watchable, correct or I, not? I,
2: I think it is, but it loses something. This is mm. this is midnight movie. This is something you have to be that. This is a movie that you need friends. You need the communal experience. This movie kind of lives and thrives on that. I think. Um, but there are a couple things. Uh, this is re- uh, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Who, if you know, was in Wet Hot American Summer? And if you're familiar with Wet Hot American Summer and the uh, uh oh, what was the TV show called, Wet Hot American Summer, the the Netflix one, first year, what whatever. But okay. but both the movie Wet Hot American Summer and the TV show Wet Hot American Summer both start off with the song "Jane" by Jefferson Starship. Cocaine Bear also opens. With Jane by Jefferson Starship,
1: oh nice,
2: so I have my own head cannon, and maybe, and Elizabeth Banks is not here to confirm this but I suspect the cocaine bear takes place in the wet, hot American universe. Hashtag hot
1: take homes. We love it. <laughs> that would be and, a wet,
2: and, hot and, take homes. And, and I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think Elizabeth banks has, I don't think she has a cameo in this. That might be because she's at camp. So she's not with the people. So if there's a cocaine bear too, there needs to be a wet, hot American summer cameo in there somewhere. You need what to cross a the two universes you need to cross the two universes because it's kind of already there.
1: That's amazing. Bruce, what do you think of Eric Holmes's theory? And also, what do you think of cocaine Bear?
0: I think his theory is actually really good. I'm actually surprised they, maybe in the outtakes or maybe an extra footage there on the Blu-ray or whatever they come out with, maybe it'll have like a, a an outtake where a cocaine bear wanders through hip, hot <laughs> American summer camp. But yes, I think he's right. Spot on on this movie. It's, to some degree, I saw it in a pretty lowly populated theater. So I, I kind of didn't feel quite the energy that I wanted to feel, which is sad because this, once again, is like a bunch of people together having a party at home, even more than the theater. I can almost see this being great if you have a bunch of friends over drinking, or whatever. But yeah, if you're at a packed theater and it's a Friday or Saturday night, I'm sure this will also have the exact desired effect. If there's any drawback to this movie, it's almost that they... They almost try too hard with the story, I think. (laughs) There's a a few too many plot lines that go on for too long where they could just be like, why are they even trying to do that? (laughs) Let's just let (laughs) let people walk in and walk out and have stuff happen to them. Because when that happens, it's just as good, if not better. All of that being said, there are a few standouts. There was a kid in this, and it wasn't the kid. It wasn't Brooklyn Prince. It was the other kid, Henry, her friend, the dude that was she was with, I thought was hilarious. And more so even than that, the Park Ranger played oh, yeah. Margot Martindale. They, I guess because Ranger Liz wouldn't be the selling point for this movie, and all the other like famous actors would be. Honestly, if she had been the focal point and it had started with her and she was the through line all the way through, I would have been absolutely fine with that. That yeah, but there's there's some good stuff in here. There's some great moments where the bear and once again we're not going to spoil things although it's a bear with cocaine it's <laughs> eating people but there's moments when the bear like i guess i kind of say like you know in up when uh doug a squirrel and he, like distracted and he stops and he looks there's something like that with the bear with th- certain moments and then there's a whole extended ambulance sequence that's yes. alone makes this awesome that alone is spectacularly good
2: Bruce, you might know this. The opening scene, the, the red-headed guy. Have I seen him in something? Yeah, I believe
0: I, he is like Torvin the Giant or whatever, that dude from uh, Game of Thrones. He played the big giant guy that was in love with, what's your Brianna of Tarth?
2: No, was that because I haven't watched him? enough Game of Thrones. I, I, I've i
0: seen him in some He's also been on a bunch of ads. They've had him on a bunch of ads for stuff, too. Uh, you, I, 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 I thought maybe he was
2: in like some indie movie we saw, but he, 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 he seemed be. really familiar. That, there's a bunch of kind of weird cameos in this. Yeah. And and I also gotta say, like the characters in this were really great. O'Shea Jackson, there's a scene involving <laughs> A gazebo. The gazebo
0: scene's really great. Yes. With yes. Isaiah Whitlock. So how are you gonna get down off of there?
2: Little stuff like that.
0: This there's moments where this this could have been more than a three star banger, which is pretty high already. This yeah. could have been four or five stars with just a little tightening. That's not to say you're not going to have a good time with it, but it could have been even more.
1: So I'm assuming for both both of you guys, Cocaine Bear is a three-star banger?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say, well... So I would say a three-star banger if you're watching it with people. Yes. Much like doing cocaine, if you do it by yourself, it's fine. But if you do it with a group of people, it's much better.
0: So here's here's what I would say. It's a three-star banger with a group of people that you are having fun with. It's a a three-and-a-half-star movie. If not, which is lower than Three Star Banker. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> that is, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So that is Cocaine Bear does. <laughs> currently in theaters. That is Cocaine Bear, again, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Maybe it would be a great double feature, Cocaine Bear, and then watch Wet Hot American Summer, the movie and its subsequent TV series. I think there's a Wet Hot American Summer too, right? As well. There's a sequel to that. I I, I think I have saw uh,
2: that was a Netflix TV show.
1: The Netflix TV show, that was okay, the follow-up. Okay, so that is Cocaine Beer. Now let's get to the box. Before we get to the box, I think it's my turn to tell Peter Beta, the chairman from middle-class film class, to drop that beat? No, rock that beat. Remove your hand from the box, and you die. That's in the box. Pain. All right, Bruce, what do we have here for our what What's in the Box pick? Who
0: picked it? What do we got? This was picked by David Gulick. This is, and I don't know if I'm saying your name right, wrong or right. So let me know if I said it wrong and I will apologize and say it right next time. Anyway. Uh, by the way, is, Dave Gulick is a great, he he does this thing called Dave's, Dave
1: Likes Movies. You yes. can check him out on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook or YouTube. He does really great movie reviews. So he check does. him
0: out. This is Kenny and Company from 1976 or 77, depending on where you look, by Don Coscarelli. And if you know that name, you probably have watched... At least one or many uh, phantasm movies. You probably watched some Beastmaster, Beastmaster. movies. <laughs> you probably watched John Dies in the End. Uh, you can keep going. But, or uh, Bubba Hope Tap. Uh, Bubba Hope Tap. Yes, thank you. I was trying to get that in my brain. So, anyway, very, very famous kind of genre indie outsider filmmaker that's been making really interesting, weird, quirky movies for a long time. And this is the movie he made a few years before he kind of broke out into the cult cinema stardom with phantasm he made this movie called kenny and company which uh, is almost a lost movie i was looking into it a little bit you it did come out in dvd i don't think it ever came out in vhs I don't think it ever came out in Blu-ray as of now. I don't think it is. If you try to search it and just watch right now, I don't think it even comes up. <laughs> it doesn't come up.
1: Just a movie called <laughs> so, Kenny
0: comes up. Yeah. Yeah. We found it on YouTube in various versions. I found one that had a scene cut out. And I had to find the scene so I could watch the scene that was cut out of the movie. You guys, I guess, found a complete version. Yes. If you get the If you get the scene where, if you get the movie where there's a cut in it, go find the scene because it's important. The best way I think to describe this movie is this is kind of one of those several days in the life or a day in the life, slice of life kind of movies that kind of go in the same way as like uh, American Graffiti, Dazed and Confused, you know, those kind of movies. This is kind of right in that category. And what I kept saying to people was, this is licorice pizza, but actually licorice pizza. Like this is Filmed in the time with the people of the time in the place that licorice pizzas tie in. Talk about this is from 1976, probably when they actually filmed it in Southern California. On a pure nostalgia level, you can see so many things that are of that time that you would never see like placed in that way. Is it a little bit silly? Is it rough around the edges? Is it in micro budget, yes. What's the basic story? It's this: three kids, Kenny and his best friend, and this other guy that's a little younger. That's kind of like a wannabe hanger on kid that they kind of make fun of and stuff, are just doing kids stuff. They're about 11, I don't know, 11 years old. And they're doing kid stuff around the suburban area in the few days before and the day of Halloween. And that's kind of it. Oh, another one that I compare this to, Christmas Story. Those kind of vignette style movies where it's just kind of remembering what childhood was like and trying to do it in a really honest way. I surprisingly love this movie quite a bit. Quite a bit. I thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be. If you can get around the presentation, which once again is 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 rough, it's very low budget. I think there's something that it captures that is actually kind of magical and kind of rare in movies. You don't see this a lot. I guess it also doesn't hurt that I'm probably exactly the age in that year that these kids are because I was born in 1965, which would make me... Hmm, Twelve years old when this movie was made. <laughs> so, <laughs> except I'm forty now. So don't don't do the math. Don't don't get too <laughs> close there. There are so many hilarious and weird and cool scenes, and some surprisingly interestingly emotional scenes in this movie. I. I kind of love this movie.
2: Mm. You kind of love this movie. Do you kind of
0: love this movie, Eric Holmes?
2: Yeah, a little bit. This is kind of, we were talking about the watch-alongs on Discord. This is kind of the movie, this kind of movie are the kind of movies I'm sort of looking for. Pretty much, I agree with everything Bruce said. One thing I would point out, there was a scene during Halloween where they're putting the poop in the bag and lighting it. That was almost shot for shot in, was it, Billy Madison? Hmm. Or uh, he called it called it pooper. I don't have it up right now. I don't know who did. Uh, I don't know who wrote and directed Bill Madison, but they had to have seen this movie at one point because the shots and like the the camera angles are almost almost identical to uh, Kenny and Company. Yeah, this is just uh, kind of like a Stranger Things minus the or kind of what Stranger Things is going for minus all the supernatural stuff just kind of following them around bruce i did see the version that you put up with the scene missing but i wasn't sure if it would be obvious where that scene was missing so i watched the scene that was missing first Uh, and then and then i watched the movie and then as i was watching the movie (laughs) i was like oh it's completely obvious where they cut the scene (laughs) yeah it's like a jump it's like what the heck happened yeah in fact that scene reminded me a lot of goes to hollywood mooch goes to hollywood yeah, yeah, it did a little it bit. It was very similar to that vet scene in Much Goes Hollywood. This kind of has, you know, 70s TV movies stank to it. But I kind of liked it when the the kids are sitting around describing how Greg I wanted you to put a clip on this in the on the podcast, but apparently you can it. I mean, how babies are made. <laughs> you, you, you can yes. do it. You can do it. No one cares about this movie. That's why it's on YouTube and nowhere else. That's but, a good point. That's a good point but that that scene where they're describing how babies are made and just kids doing kid things but it's like really realistic and then obviously i didn't grow up in 1976 i was a born in 1977 i would have been a embryo at this point there was still a bunch of stuff that kind of kind of had nostalgia to me even though i didn't grow up in 1976 kind of uh, a lot of that nostalgia carries over to the '80s where I did grow up. Yeah, this is a this is a really good movie. Let me rephrase that. This is not a good movie, but it's <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. It, it captures that kind of uh, childhood innocence and just going around wrecking shop and you know getting in trouble uh much more nostalgic way than something like Transfusion does. Mention you know we talked about Transfusion. Mm. There's a bunch of that in there. But transfusion is like the, oh, everything's messing up sort of way. This is the carefree, I'm a child. I, you know, the world is my oyster and we're going to go out dressed as a bear, but everyone's going to think I'm a pig. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the, the, this is pretty fun i I would recommend checking it out and i think certain people in certain age groups are going to get more out of it than maybe people maybe kids nowadays might that's old man holmes talking right yeah. but you know that that's kind of where we're at but th- this was a good one so
1: kenny and company made in 1976 90 minutes eric holmes said it's a good one bruce perky was saying that he loves it Loves a micro budget film that is hardly can barely be found here. And let me tell you something it is a travesty, a tragedy that Kenny and Company is not on Blu ray or there's not some kind of amazing transfer. And I hate to say it, I wish I was spending money for this movie. I wish it was on a, it's ridiculous that it's not on the streaming service. This is an excellent first rate coming of age comedy. And I, I feel that, oh, it's just, I wish there was some kind of extended amazing Blu ray with all these special features and audio commentary from Coscarelli and maybe a Kenny and Company reunion 30 years later. It's just a shame that this movie is only seen by either you have to be a diehard cinephile, you might have tripped across this movie on YouTube, or you are a fan of, like Bruce said, the or like Eric said, the Phantasm Beastmaster Don Coscarelli universe. You will know what Kenny and Company is. But Thanks to Dave Gullick. And we were able to see Kenny and company. And this this is a fantastic movie. There's one way to, in my opinion, to actually go see Kenny and company. There are, like Eric was saying, a lot of member berries to this. It's very nostalgic. But I have a feeling that people of a certain generation can actually, it's a nice little time travel back to the 70s to see how kids were. There's be pre-internet, pre-cell phones. People are they're just going out skateboarding down a hill possibly getting really injured their soapbox cars or what? Not
2: possibly, definitely. definitely. I just
0: thought of a way for modern people to enjoy this, for modern younger people that don't have the nostalgia, make a drinking game out of it. Every time this film breaks a child labor law, take a drink (laughs) because you're going to have a good time.
2: Of soda, of soda, you're underage. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Episode episode yeah no there's
1: a lot by the way look this is 1976 this is not 2023 so there are going to be moments where you might cringe and old heads like us will say haha I hope no one's watching us laugh right now because there there's some really great humor in this movie okay the way to see this movie though is to understand not the micro budget stuff it's a very episodic film. There is a lot of things that go on, but the whole scope of the movie, which is a boy, a young young boy, a teenager, and his two friends leading up to Halloween. They are preparing for Halloween, but really, ultimately, that's plot line, but really, it's a ton of episodic moments. Some of Some of these scenes even last for maybe 20 seconds, and that's a little story there. So it's just a beautiful movie. I absolutely flip for this. Also, if you... I don't have to tell this to Phantasm fans, but Reggie Bannister from Phantasm, he plays, he plays the, the really wonderful teacher, high school teacher who seems, who seems to be the guy who gets along with the students. He plays football with them. There's a Michael Baldwin. He is Doug. He's one of the three friends in the movie. He's a secondary character. He's also a big part of the Phantasm universe. So yes, Bruce.
0: I was going to bring up a little trivia for you to add to that. First of all, if you go to YouTube, you can also find a short little documentary. It's about 15 or 20 minutes long on this. Which I think is off of the DVD. I don't know if either of you watched that. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So you saw the part about how they became huge in Japan. It's like the whole the old thing about like metal groups.
1: <laughs> another, yes, they became huge in Japan, and another travesty is the Kenny and Company Deep uh, CD soundtrack is not available. I was looking on Spotify. I don't know if it's even available via streaming. You're going to have to listen to it. On YouTube, because <laughs> I'm sure the vinyl, which was only released in Japan, is probably worth a lot of money. And the composer behind Kenny and Company is this composer, late composer named Fred Myrow or Myro. and he is a, considered at the time a very a very uh, accomplished composer. So I think that was a huge get for Don Coscarelli back in the day. This is a lost, in my opinion, a lost masterpiece. This is a, a movie that needs to be resurrected and championed. And someone, please, one of these boutique firms, get some kind of print and and do oh, something yeah. with Kenny and Company. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. This is definitely a type of movie that has like an arrow release or vinegar syndrome kind of on it.
1: Maybe we're wrong. Maybe there it's already been done, but we're,
2: we're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, that. maybe, oh, maybe okay, there
1: was a release already. But yeah, but yeah, we're not wrong, Eric. But I really absolutely love kenny and company if you love days and confused by the way richard link later i'm sure when he was a kid saw kenny and company i'm not saying it's an homage but i'm sure movies like this really influenced him of course there's american Madison
2: ripped it off so why not (laughs) why not days and confused
1: and props to don coscarelli for not cheesing it out and actually getting paid by the man to for just to Carries on a career of just doing indie-driven projects. I'm sure Bruce and Eric, who are indie-driven themselves, they appreciate filmmakers like Don Coscarelli. I've heard. You know what? I-, I need to go back to our movie mainline days to actually dig up that review of the Beastmaster from one Eric Holmes. Enough of my dissertation and my monologue. Let's get to ratings on what's in the box for Kenny and Company. Eric Holmes, your rating.
2: So Beastmaster is a five. Actually, Beastmaster six point nine star banner. But we'll, we'll go we'll go four and a half on this because uh, this is not wow this, uh, th- this, is, is, not go- this is not good look that's Don good Coscarelli set a very high bar on beastmaster this is not clear of that but this is still pretty good
1: It clears a lot, though. Four and a half stars. What about you, Bruce Perky?
0: I would never have believed it, even probably 30 minutes into this movie, but I'm going to go four and a half as well.
1: That is a little bit too high, in my opinion. Four and a half stars for Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. That is very, very high. I was going to give this just five stars. For me, this is a five-star film. This is a classic (laughs) film. A five-star banger for me. I love Kenny and Company. Not to not this time American Bruce. One and a half stars
0: st- higher than Babylon. I forgot to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we love Don Cosky. Oh, look, I am so ready. I have to watch this movie. Unfortunately, Bruce has a many so many movies to see. He has a birthday to get to. Eric Holmes has all these interviews to get to. I'm going to talk to Eric Holmes after this. We're done with this podcast about um what children in the corn, because I just got an email. We're gonna talk about a lot of interviews. I just want to quit everything right now and just for the next two weeks, just put Cinematics and Find Your Film on it. I know Box is coming. I just want to just watch Don, Don Coscarelli films and hang out with Phantasm and Beastmaster people for the next several weeks. I hate communities. I don't even like our Cinematics or Find Your Film community. I'm looking for a Don Coscarelli, Beastmaster, Phantasm community, and let, let's just all hang. I'm I, I'm just so amazed by how amazing Kenny and Company is. Almost as amazing as What's in the Box, Bruce I Perky. What's in the Bleeding box? Oh,
0: by the way, there is one movie that he made before this movie, and it is also on YouTube, and I have we, not watched it yet. We, Gonna it find, it's not going
1: to be Kenny and Company, but I hope it's good. What's, yes. What's in the box? Bruce? What's in the box?
0: Um, it is. Wait, did we watch this one already? What did is it? Watch this one. No, Woman on what? the Run. We watched Woman on the Run, right?
1: You mm. watched Woman on the Run? Yeah. Well, what about, Woman on the Run? It's that a movie? Is that an Ida or Ida Lupino film? Woman on the Run.
0: I thought we watched oh, that
1: one. Oh, right. That was no. Is it? no, no, no. You did not watch it. Did we? Was did that Joseph did? Bridges from who? Who did yeah. that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I we, I think it. we we did we did yeah, we watch, watch it. it I yeah. get doubles he, in here he, all the he, time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Okay, this is one I n- I've not seen for sure. Although I have kind of seen it. This is suggested by Derek uh, Silkman, yeah. which I believe is a filmmaker.
2: Yes, I from he's, uh, I, uh, he's shooting the uh, the headliner. I just got a poster from that. Yes. Funny Games Remake Night
0: 2007 by Michael Haneke, Haneke, which I have not seen.
2: <laughs> I just put the headliner poster right next to my Funny Games Remake poster. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see it because I uh, will be Melinda's cocaine bear. But, uh, <laughs> okay. So I'll be watching Funny Games
0: Remake. And I haven't seen the original probably for, I don't know. 15 years. So it'd be kind of interesting to see how it hits now. Cause it has such a stuff about, you know, society and our, our desire for violence and controlling things and enjoying it and not making, you know, all that kind of stuff's going on in there. So it should be interesting.
1: Why don't you do funny games. And after that, if you have time to do a rewatch of Speak No Evil, how about that? That'd be really good. A little nice, nice mixture of just pure domestic tragedy. That's <laughs> just, just, just,
0: I will have to definitely watch the new Puss in Boots movie or something like that after that, because <laughs> I need to, I need to pick me up. Okay.
1: So, uh, speaking of pick me up, we're done. We're done for this episode of Cinematics. Thank you guys so much for listening. Eric Holmes, final thoughts, final insightful things from you, sir.
2: Yeah, uh, join me, any patrons, or, you know, just join me on the Discord if you want on Friday. Otherwise, I will be watching Jin by myself, and who knows, maybe I'll just put woman on the wrong, because I don't. You guys may have seen it. I don't think I saw it, so maybe I'll just uh, watch out on Discord afterwards. We'll see what happens.
0: Joseph Bridges, you can tell me. Tell me, did I actually watch it or did I not watch it? <laughs> Make me put it
2: back in the box. Well, yeah, one what? more thing. Guys,
1: if you want to actually recommend um, movies for Bruce to check out, put in the box. Eric Holmes asked that question to a lot of the people he, in- he interviews. Also, please email Bruce Perky at bruceperkey at gmail.com, Perky at gmail.com. If you have recommendations or like, as Bruce likes to say, just comment on our our Cinematics Facebook group, become part of the community and actually say, hey, Bruce, I got a movie for you. And we'll see if he puts it in the box. I am still a little bit mad at Bruce Berkey for not putting Steel Magnolias several weeks ago, recommended by Crew Boylan from Seriously Red to actually put in the box, but Bruce refuses to. Will you refuse again for Steel Magnolias?
0: Oh yeah, I will never put that in the box.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I sat in the theater and watched but that. But we may pilot.
2: watch it on the Discord if you want to. <laughs> I mean, you can watch it on
0: Discord.
1: Revolution against Bruce Perky. Bruce Perky, what say you?
0: One, two, or three, Greg? Three. One, two, or three, Eric? I was also going to say three, but i Okay, I'll go then two. three it is. That means I also, next week, will be watching Cold War. Oh, nice. I've never seen it before. I have oh. three movies in my hands of DVDs I've had forever that I have not ever got around to watching, so I made sure I'm going to watch one of them.
2: Well, 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 what was one and two?
0: Would you like to know? Uh, Birth and Lady Macbeth
1: oh very interesting Ooh, is Birth cool. is good
2: wait Earth Lady is Macbeth is that the Coen Brothers one or the no it's
1: the one with Florence Pugh I believe I yes. could be wrong Florence yes, Pugh version. Verse, Yeah.
0: Florence Pugh Her, version,
2: Birth yeah. would be good keep, keep that in the queue for sure it's
0: in the queue yeah, alright but for next week I'm going to watch Cold War okay Cold War next week on as well top of <laughs> the other things we're watching <laughs> again
1: thank you guys so much for listening happy birthday Bruce Perky and we will see you next week here on Cinematics